This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Bucks never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Hey, it's Sparky Pfeiffer, 12.50 a.m. The fan in the well, beautiful kind of sort of Milwaukee, like high 30s today. It wasn't so bad. I like giving the weather forecast when we start these podcasts. Uh, over there, Nathan Marzian with a scowl on his face as we stream this bad boy live on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. You can follow him at Nathan Marzian on Twitter. You can follow me at Sparky Radio. Bucks lose 113-117 to 117 Denver Nuggets doing a post-game podcast tonight because well, first of all, it's Denver, so a big-time matchup for the Bucks in Denver to start off this road trip. But more importantly, the debut of Doc Rivers and his couple of new assistant coaches on the bench, uh, and they lose in Doc Rivers' debut. Uh, lots of thoughts for me on this one for certain. Uh, first off, uh, Nathan Marzian, your initial thoughts of what you saw tonight. Um, there's some some positive things and some you know ugly things, but. Overall, it was just a little bit frustrating. It was a, a winnable game, I thought. I like that the defense looked pretty good. Um, I thought that it definitely has been improving the last couple weeks. The defense has been better. And this was just one where, I mean, I, I did think the Nuggets played really good defense on us. I thought that uh, at any of our main guys except Brooke really get into too much of a rhythm. Even Giannis didn't ever get into a huge, you know, really good rhythm in this game. And Damon Chris, Chris got off to the really hot start but then they kind of were able to shut him down pretty well. And same with Dame. They just didn't let those guys get a ton of shots up. And some of it's them being passive. Some of it's just them forcing the ball into our worst players' hands. Um, Obviously, the bench was bad again. Bobby was terrible um, outside of those couple threes in the fourth. But, like, I don't know. It's – again, I I have less of a problem with games when the offense isn't quite as good because I trust a little bit more that that will normally not be the case. I like that the defense has shown some improvements and wasn't bad tonight by any means. And it did keep us in this game, but yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, it, they, that defense of the nuggets did a pretty good job. And, you know, again, Damon, Damon, Chris, I think were the two on offense that um, again, it's not like they, they shot terribly or anything. They just didn't get a ton of shots up and they had some turnover stuff. And, you know, especially in that like third quarter, the third quarter is really bad from pretty much everyone. So, um, yeah, I mean, again, plenty of positive or plenty of negatives, and then like the big positive would be the defense. So, yeah, I, the the one thing that irritates me, um, and I, I'm assuming Doc Rivers is going to fix this. You can't lose points in the paint consistently. You have Brooke Lopez, Giannis Lillard going to the rim, uh, and so forth. Like that, 
they got outscored by what 20, 30 points in the paint tonight. That can't happen. And I, I know they got Joker and they got Gordon and I get all that stuff, but back again and God, God help me. I'm referencing the bud days, but you just don't lose those. You don't lose points in the paint. You don't lose rebounds, that type of stuff. And now it's become, we've become more of a uh, jump shooting outside shooting type team. And we're kind of losing who we should be. You want to get to the free throw line and you want to shoot more free throws and all that stuff. You got to go. Now that does not mean jumping into two guys. Like I saw Lillard do and Giannis do uh, throughout this game. And doc rivers talked before the game about shot quality. It's got to be better than, you know, what he's seen at this point. And you saw again, examples from your star players making poor choices. And I understand the thinking, right? I'm Giannis. If I jump into these two dudes, they're going to call foul and I'm going to go to the line. And I'm sure Lillard thinks the exact same thing. Then when it doesn't happen, as we've talked about, then it's turned around and talked to the ref while the ball's going back the other way. That type of stuff has to stop. Now, is Doc Rivers a big enough figure to be able to get Giannis and Lillard to stop doing this nonsense? I have no idea. I mean, they're, they're talking like, oh, they're going to listen to him and he's going to challenge them and they're going to they're gonna play ball for him and so forth. Okay, but that, you're the you're the two stars on the team. You have to be the example of good shot, good quality shot taken uh, from both of you if you're going to expect Bobby Portis to do the same thing because he's as guilty as anybody is taking bad shots on this team right now. Uh, but so are your stars. They're also taking dumb shots uh, throughout the game. That that's to me is the most frustrating thing, and that's one of the things that Doc Rivers and his staff have got to figure out here going forward, Nathan. Yeah, I mean, again, tonight, tonight, I, there were some dumb shots. I thought majority of the dumb shots were from Bobby. Um, but at the same time, I mean, again, I, I thought the Nuggets did a really good job defensively. Like, I didn't think that they passed up a lot of good shots either. You know, I thought that the Nuggets just forced them into a lot of tough situations. And, you know, Dame driving to the paint didn't have much room, and they were really good with their hands defensively, like better than most teams we've seen so far this season where – you know, they were able to like Dame hasn't turned the ball over a ton this season. And, um, you know, there was three straight at one point in like the third quarter where they were just getting hands on passes and those pick and rolls that he was usually he's usually able to get through. Um, the Nuggets were able to pick those off. And so, um, you know, again, I, not many of those that I think they were super dumb decisions, but it was just that the pass wasn't, you know, either on target or the pass. Again, maybe just the Nuggets made a good defensive play. Um, sometimes you do have to give some credit to the opponent. You know, again, I, I didn't think the Bucks got good shots, but sometimes that's because the other team plays good defense too. So, yeah, I mean, but I agree that the, the shot quality stuff's going to have to go up a little bit. Um, but I mean, again, I'm, I'm coming into this game. I had zero concerns with our offense and I'm not going to let one game make me say, Oh, the offense, what's wrong. You know, is the offense a problem or is their shot quality a problem? Like, it's been very good 95% of the time this year. They're going to have some bad games every now and then, you know, as long as it's not something that happens for stretches or, you know, a lot, then, you know, if that's happening, then obviously you get concerned because you know, they don't have the defense to make up for it. But if, as long as the offense is typically getting back, you know, it gets that back on track and it's typically scoring their 120 plus, you know, getting good looks, getting these guys going, then I'm fine with it. And I mean, again, truthfully, I think that, I mean, some of this can be changed with rotations and how they play these guys. Um, I'm not sure guys were in 
the exact same rhythm they're always in because of the difference in how they were substituted tonight. You know, Dame gets taken out in the middle of the first quarter, which he hasn't been used to all season. And all of a sudden Bobby's playing a ton, you know, long stretch of time in the mid first to the late second, which again, the offense completely went off rhythm as soon as those bench guys came in, because they started missing shots and the ball all of a sudden is, you know, out of Chris and Dame's hands who had started the game. Well, um, and it kind of just threw them off rhythm a little bit. And I don't think those guys, Chris and Dame, ever really got back into rhythm fully. So, um, you know, after they were taken out, I I don't know. So some of that has to be I – th- I'm going to wait a few games to really, you know, judge this offense and how it looks under Doc before I'm, you know, concerned at all or, or before I have any big conclusions about it. If you go listen to Dame Lillard's comments leading up to this game, it, it is a bright shining light on the fact that that locker room may have liked Adrian Griffin, the dude, but was not all there on Adrian Griffin, the head coach. The way he talked about what Doc Rivers was going to bring um, going forward and what would change on this team just exemplifies, you know, them not maybe, I'm not going to say respecting, but maybe not buying in all the way on Adrian Griffin as a head coach the way they are on Doc Rivers because of the track record and resume that he has. Positives? Hey, transition defense. Uh, at least early on, was much better than it had been uh, in the past. It looked like they were playing a little bit harder to me. Brooke Lopez, for certain, uh, was playing way better than he was playing under Adrian Griffin. He just felt more in sync with what they were trying to do and so forth, more engaged. And again, you know, Brooke hits a couple threes. Of course, he's going to get engaged immediately when his offense gets going. But that is part of, and we've talked about this on this podcast, about getting guys, certain guys going early. If you get certain guys going early on offense, normally that'll transition to them playing better on defense because they feel more involved versus standing around and watching Giannis or Dame play offense and they never get a touch. And that was something that I found very interesting. Your Lillard thing about when he got pulled out, everybody noticed that. What was that conversation like between Doc and Dame? So I'm assuming Dame knew Nathan, right? We think that Dame would know going into this game of, dude, you're not playing the whole first quarter anymore. Like I'm going to pull you out of this minute mark or in that area. Uh, and this is what it's going to be. You would assume doc communicated that right. Or am I just being naive and thinking that communication that should happen does actually happen because if not, I would assume Dame was probably pretty surprised getting yanked out when he did, if he wasn't told ahead of time. Yeah, no, he, I'm, I'm guessing he knew that, you know, I, I, I think that that was a conversation they had, but again, I, I do think that that has some type of factor on, you know, how those guys played like later in the game a little bit. Cause again, I think they're used to, okay, I'm going to, you know, especially him where he's been playing the whole first quarter. Then he gets his break. He comes in the end of the second, plays the whole third, gets a break, comes in for the end of the fourth. I think, you know, coming out midway through the first can, I I think, I mean, again, at least right away, these first few games when you're getting used to it, throw him off a little bit or maybe um, take him out of his rhythm just, just a bit. Cause he's used to getting, you know, that whole first quarter to get into rhythm and he didn't get it tonight. And, you know, again, obviously if that's what's happening, then it's something he's okay with, but it's just, I think it's going to take a little bit of time to get, you know, more acclimated to that after you've been so used to, you know, one pattern um, happening for so long. So again, I mean, I'm not going to um, make a ton of judgments about this right away because I want to see how it, how it looks, you know, in a couple of weeks or in a little bit, once you've got some time, they've got some time with it under their belt and, you know, you really can start to see how it looks. 
He is Nathan Marzan. Follow him on Twitter, Nathan Marzan. Follow me at Sparky Radio. If you are following along on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page, which I see several of you are uh, live streaming this bad boy right now after the Bucks lose to the Nuggets tonight, 113-107, and Doc Rivers' debut as Milwaukee Bucks head coach, you can just go ahead and leave comments, questions, whatever you want. I see uh, Patrick has left some stuff up there. We'll read some of his stuff. Coming up next here on Green and Growing as we continue to pull apart and dissect more of this Bucks and Nuggets game. Straight ahead, download it on your Odyssey app or you download your favorite podcast app. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hey, it's C Sparky Fiverr, 1250 AM, The Fan. Check me out on Twitter at Sparky Radio. Check out all the interviews I do over there at 1250amthefan.com. Uh, last week, I had Ryan Wood on talking about the Packers firing Joe Barry. Uh, that interview is up over there, uh, as well as Jim Ozarski of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel and myself talking about the Doc Rivers hiring. Uh, we also caught up with uh, Kurt Hogue, Milwaukee Brewers General Sentinel beat writer, talking about uh, the Reese Hoskins signing interviews uh, throughout the week. Each week over at 1250amthefan.com or on your Odyssey app. Feel free to check those out. Not going to get those on podcasts or anywhere else, only there at the website. And again, the interviews are normally somewhere in the area of like 12 to 15 minutes long that I do. Uh, so make sure to check those out. He is Nathan Marzian. Follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marzian. Here are some comments, as I mentioned earlier, on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. Patrick says, patient approach. First game, we can't make assumptions that things won't change. Who do you think are trade assets? Nathan Marzian, I will bring this to you because Doc Rivers, when asked uh, in his press conference this weekend about the young guys, said that either Bochamp or Jackson was going to have to play a role for this team down the stretch. None, wasn't sure which one, but one of them was going to have to. Neither played tonight. Uh, your thoughts? I mean, I think the the, the trade assets are going to be, you know, the same, and I I, I hope that they at least explore trading Bobby. Cause I think that's the guy that, you know, he, he has more value than Marjan or Andre Jackson or, or Pat Connaughton. I mean, he just does. So um, that's the guy I'm hoping they, they look to trade, but I, I, I mean, it's going to probably end up being some combination of Pat Marjan campaign, maybe like something, maybe one to two of those guys that they end up trading. Like, I'm not going to bet on them trading Bobby Portis. I, I think they could, I just, and I, and I really think they should, but I'm not going to, I don't know for sure that that's going to happen. Whereas I'm pretty confident that like Marjan probably gets traded or, or again, maybe Pat or campaign or some combination. Um, I mean, ultimately they're not going to be able to make some huge splash, but I think again, just getting the defense a little bit better 
or, you know, I, you know, there's a couple of things you could do, but I think ultimately it's going to come down to that defense and just getting like one guy that you can rely on off the bench a little bit. Um, and that can maybe provide a little bit of scoring too that, that you can put in there and just have, have some, someone reliable in that sixth to seventh man role that you feel like you're not going to get killed in their minutes when they come in. Cause right now it just feels like as soon as Bobby Pat campaign come in, it just there, it, it feels like everything's about to go downhill. Um, you know, and, and again, that's part of the reason these losses don't, you know, it, with how they looked in the first half, I guess, I know the second half, it wasn't like the starters were fantastic either, but when the bench is the thing that's killing them, I mean, that rotation gets shortened come playoff time. You know, you're not going to get those minutes. I don't think you're going to see 12 straight minutes of Bobby Portis in the playoffs. I don't think you're going to see many minutes at all, if any, of Bobby campaign and paddle on the floor at the same time. Those were the, like, that was the lineup that took them from having a double digit lead in the first quarter to all of a sudden, you know, the nuggets tie the game. Um, that wasn't the starters doing that. So again, when that's the case, it's like, okay, I, I don't know how worried I am about that long-term. Now, again, obviously you're hoping you can trade for another guy off the bench. It, it shows you how bad this bench is, but I would rather have a bad bench and a core that I believe in than have, you know, maybe a little bit more depth, but you're not sure about the top guys. Um, Cause I think going forward and, and in the long term, the top six guys, maybe seven is what you rely on in the playoffs. And that's what really gets you to a championship. So I think they've got about four to five of those guys figured out. I think they got probably the top five figured out. Um, it's just a matter of getting one to two guys that you can rely on more consistently off the bench. Cause right now, again, as soon as those guys come in, it just does not feel like they're going to do anything. Dalton Sell of Behind the Buck Pass uh, put an article up today, uh, and it's based upon a report from Jake Fisher of Yahoo Sports, who says the Bucks are a team rumored to be looking for point guard help on the market. Uh, and Fisher added that the Bucks are evaluating players in the, quote, upper echelon of potential trade targets. Now, he goes through, uh, Fisher, or, or I should say uh, Dalton Sell goes through, uh, and lists what he thinks those guys may be. Malcolm Brogdon uh, is a guy that he put on this list uh, of one of three players that there may be. DeJounte Murray, a guy that we've talked about on this podcast, obviously uh, is another. And then the third, another guy we've talked about, Bruce Brown. We have not talked about Malcolm Brogdon at all. Uh, your thoughts on a Malcolm Brogdon potential reunion with the Bucks? Is that something you would see as beneficial and you would be down for if Brogdon found his way back to Milwaukee? Um, I mean, I'd be fine with it. I don't think it's going to happen. And I don't think he would even, I don't think Brogdon would want to be back here after the, what he said about Milwaukee and all that stuff. Like I just, I don't see that happening at all. So I'm not even going to put too much thought into that. Um, I just, I don't see them getting players like that. I see them getting players like a Chris Dunn or something like that, where you're trading campaign and a second round pick for Chris Dunn. Um, I just don't see them getting a, a, a Brogdon type of type of player. I, I don't see that happening. I don't see, you know, how a trade like that gets done. Well, in fairness, we didn't see the Dame Lillard trade and the wizardry of Horst uh, has amazed before. Yeah, I just, but I mean, at least with that, you, you believe that, I, I just don't even believe Mark Brogdon would want to come here. Like I could, there's a part of me that squints and can see a Caruso trade somehow happening. It's so unlikely, but like I, I could see horse pulling something off like that where you're like, Oh, that's like a dream fit. And, um, you know, horse was able to get it done somehow. 
But I don't know. Brogdon seems a little bit random out there. I, I, I just don't see that happening. And again, most likely I'm just going to bet on that. They're going to make a smaller deal and kind of just work around the edges um, and trust that, you know, getting maybe one bench guy, you know, maybe two can just make this thing just enough better that it gets you over the top. I think Bruce Brown is a guy that everybody would want uh, if they could figure out a way to get as well. I agree with you. I don't think they get Brogdon um, and I don't think they get Murray either. Uh, kind of going forward in this one, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Bucks lose this one, one thirteen to one oh seven to the Denver Nuggets. Uh, another comment here from Patrick says the offense was spread wider at the start of the game when Brook is hitting threes. Why are we not sending cutters to the basket? Agreed, one thousand percent agreed. Now again, this is Doc's first game with his guys. Um, I love Jaeger, um, even though you know when he was a head coach, I was a fan of his. Uh, so I love him being Doc's kind of right-hand guy. The one thing that I'm interested in is I don't know if there's a cap on assistant coaches as far as how many coaches you can have on the sidelines, but normally in a situation like this, and we talked about this last week, Doc would probably bring an assistant with him. Okay, well, he's bringing two as of right now, two. Normally that would mean that two leave. So as of right now, they just added these two and everybody else apparently uh, is still on the sidelines, uh, according to reports. Now, at some point, do they eventually move on from a couple of guys to shrink that coaching staff back down? Or are they just <laughs> going to go with an even larger jumbo-sized coaching staff going forward? It was funny watching the game and seeing Prunty. Like, Doc would get up, and Prunty would step in front of Jaeger and grab like Doc's arm or whatever to try and tell him something. And Doc would listen to him. Okay. Uh, and then he'd go walking away. Prunty was constantly trying to talk to Jaeger and gave him information as well. It's kind of like Joe is now in the, the, the sense of, okay, my job is to give them as much information as I can about guys and situations and that type of stuff more than maybe even, I, I, yeah, I don't want to take anything away from Prunty, but I think at this point he's going to rely on his two guys for in-game strategy stuff might be more than the guys on the bench that were already there. Uh, but I feel like that's kind of his role. Uh, and I don't believe Doc and Prunty have ever worked together. My guess would be Matumbo, if they're going to get rid of two guys, Matumbo was one guy because that was an Adrian Griffin Toronto guy. And then who's that? I forgot his name, Nathan. The other guy they brought in that was on the Nuggets coaching staff too. That was the late ad for Stotts, like two months in or whatever it was. Um, the other assistant they brought in from Denver to replace Stotts. I figure it's those two dudes that Doc says, it's fun, it's been real you're out, uh, and we're going to go with these two guys in your place. That would be my guess. If they get rid of Prunty, I would be surprised. Yeah, I would too. I think Prunty is a guy that, um, you know, I think I think they'll keep him around. And, I mean, again, I don't I don't know too much about all these assistant coaches and stuff, and ultimately it's just like one of those things where I trust that Doc's going to do what he thinks is best. I'm not going to overreact to who, who possibly gets, um, you know, the boot and ends up ends up not being here anymore. Um, you know, again, I would be surprised if it was Prunty. That'd be the only one that would make me kind of raise my eyebrows a little bit. But other than that, I, you know, I, I'm not too worried about that. And again, I am just, I'm excited to see, you know, what this thing can look like um, on the defensive end, you know, I think more consistently, like we're starting to see it. I think we're starting to see them lock in a little bit on that end. Um, even, I mean, again, I, I talked about it. I know the, those Detroit games weren't the prettiest and that was with Griffin, but I thought they 
didn't look bad in those de games defensively. It was just that the first game, the Pistons hit a ton of shots. Um, and then the second game, they looked a little bit better. But like those two games, and then you had the Cleveland game that they looked, they lost, but they looked really good defense. Or they, they won the first one, looked good defensively. Lost the second one, still looked good defensively. And then um, against the Pelicans and tonight, they've looked pretty solid defensively. Like they haven't had a an atrocious defensive game in, in a long time. Not a long time, but like it, for how they've looked this season. Yes, it has been kind of a long time. It's been, you know, six or seven games. So again, I'm excited to see what that can look like if that can keep up. And, you know, these aren't bad teams they've been playing against, you know, the Pelicans, the Nuggets, the Cavs, um, to hold those teams to pretty low, uh, you know, or to have a good defensive rating in all those games is pretty impressive. So I'm interested to see how that looks. And again, I trust that this offense in the long run, it, you know, it'll figure this out. There's going to be bad games. There's going to be games where guys are off or they don't get into rhythm. And it's just like one of those games, you know, it happens no matter who you have. It happens with any team in the world ever. Um, the 73 and nine warriors had a few games where it was just the offense didn't look great. Um, that's going to happen, but you, you trust that that, that 90% of the time their offense is going to be really good. And you just hope that um, that defense can consistently not be terrible. You know, just, Did just you, try to avoid being terrible. Lillard apparently said he thinks they can be a top five defense. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, I think that was, no, that was uh who was it that said that that was Jay Crowder. Oh, I thought it was Lillard. Oh, Crowder said it. Okay. I heard her say it on the broadcast. I thought it was Lillard. Either way, somebody on that on that Bucks team thinks they can be top five. I have my doubts. Uh, he is uh, at Nathan Marzion. I'm at Sparky Radio. We're going to really piss off Nathan coming up next with a comment uh, that I'm going to address to Nathan Marzion. I'm going to watch his head explode right here on the Odyssey Sports YouTube channel. You do not want to go away if you're live streaming this. It's going to be amazing. Uh, coming up next, you can follow me at Sparky Radio. Download Green and Greg on your Odyssey uh, app or wherever you download your favorite uh, podcast at. That's next. Don't go anywhere. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back on Green and Growing, Steve Sparky, Fiverr, 1250 AM, the fan, Nathan Marzian. Follow him at Nathan Marzian. Follow me at Sparky Radio. Bucks lose 113 to 107. Nathan Marzian, a comment on... The uh, YouTube page, Odyssey Sports YouTube page from Molero. When do you think we let go of Chris or do we let go of Chris? Of course, Chris being Chris Middleton, Mr. Marzian, uh, your thoughts on when do we let go of Chris Middleton uh, or do we let go of Chris Middleton? Uh, maybe like 2028. I don't know. Um <laughs> I mean, it's. Look, I saw I, the comment. I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be fun." Go ahead. 
Chris did his usual thing of he had two ugly turnovers. Oh, my God. Were they ugly? Oh. Yeah, he had two ugly turnovers. One of them came at a bad time in the fourth. I and tweeted then, after that turnover the fourth. I said, some things will never change. That's all I put in the tweet. Some things will never change. Hashtag Bucks. And everybody obviously knew what I was talking about. So, all right. But again, I mean, outside of the couple turnovers, he didn't have a bad game. Um, I thought his defense was fine. And I thought he was, I mean, he was great in the first quarter. Uh, it, it just, again, similar to Dame a little bit. They really did keep them from getting into much rhythm and getting their shots that they were getting at the start in that second half and the, really the final three quarters. Like, again, I didn't think Chris passed up bad shots. He didn't take dumb shots. I think he was six of 10 from the field, but the problem was he only took 10 shots. Same with Dame. I think he only took 12 or 13 shots and you ended up having 13 shots from Bobby Portis. Um, and then, you know, Brooke Lopez had shots that he hit, but it felt like the, the nuggets did a good job of kind of being like, Hey, make, make Bobby Portis, make, make Brooke Lopez from the outside, make those like, make them hit those shots. And if they do that, okay, fine. Like they can beat us, but we're going to do our best to take away the three main guys a little bit. And it's not easy to do. And again, some of it, you know, some of it, you get a little lucky with, um, you know, guys missing shots or whatever, but I thought they did a good job. I thought they, you have to give some credit to them. I don't think that this was some terrible Chris game, which is what makes me like, I, it, I don't know how anyone can watch this game and think like the biggest problem was Chris Middleton instead of the biggest problem being Bobby Portis or, or you know, I just, I don't know. I don't get that, but. Um, all right. Andrew, so, Andrew, I, I understand the only thing like, I get that he has a couple ugly turnovers. We all know that it's going to happen, but um, ultimately like he's been good. He's he, he, again, I thought he was fine in this game. They just, the nuggets did a good job of starting to take him away. Another comment from Rainbow Trout. Number one seed, chances are slipping away. Do you think the Bucks care? I'll say uh, that no, they don't care. I mean, how many times do we have to hear Giannis go, we won the national championship as a three, or we won the NBA championship as a three seed? I don't think Giannis could care less. I doubt Lillard cares. Um, I really don't think Doc cares. Uh, I think right now they're just trying to figure out how to get this team into the right rhythm and playing the right way before the playoffs start. Uh, and they have about a half a season to kind of figure this out and go. Um, and I, I laughed when I heard Doc Rivers say, uh, yeah, man, this, uh, you know, nobody would want this job or something like that, or I, something along those lines. Uh, no, I, I can, but guarantee you anybody uh, would love to coach Giannis and Dame and Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez for a half a season and coming in, in the middle of the season sucks. I get it but let's not act like you're a martyr uh, and it's going to be so tough on you to try and figure this out. It's, it's no, that, that was absolutely ridiculous. I, I laughed at that. Uh, do you think the bucks care about that one seed? Do you care about the one seed, Nathan? I mean, it's always something you want because it can only help. I mean, I'm never going to, you know, you're never going to be upset about getting home court, but ultimately it's something that I don't think they're going to get. I don't, I don't think this is the year to that. They're going to, be the one seed, you know, I think Boston's a better regular season team than us right now. For sure. Playing better than us. We we've just we're going to need time to to gel a little bit. I I mean obviously we we've needed time to gel a little bit. And so it's like I, I'm not too worried about that. I mean I I'm more focused on kind of getting that two and trying to make sure we have home court in the second round against whoever we play. But either way, like home court has not mattered that much in the playoffs the last few years. Um it feels like all these teams always have you know, because I know if you look at the records, 
you know, us, Boston, Philly, whoever it is, they all play a lot better at, at you know, everyone has better records at home than they do on the road, but that always is, is the case. But the last few years, you know, you come playoff time, it hasn't really changed much. Like the Boston has had a pretty bad record at home in the playoffs. We saw the Bucks lose two games at home in the playoffs um, last year. Like we've seen Philly lose with home court and, and lose games at home in the playoffs. Like, I don't know. I don't think it's a, an end all be all thing. I'm, I'm trying to just make sure, okay, we're in the top three, which we should be. And, you know, try to get the two, but I'm the one is kind of just like, if they happen to luck into getting the one because someone on Boston gets hurt or, um, you know, they really catch fire. Great. But like, I'm just not going to bet on that to happen. I'm not really too focused on that. I think it's more just, I'm way more, I'm way more, um, concerned with just playing well at the right time and trying to get better and, and get to a point where this defense is consistent than I am with, you know, home court or, or, or really winning every single game right now. It's like, like we, we saw this for several years, you know, there's been three years where we've been the number one seed and we played great all season. And we were kind of held a, held a, a lead and held that number one spot for most of the year. And then you get to the playoffs and it, it falls apart. And it's like, it's just about playing well at the right time. You can, if you're playing well at the right time, you can win plenty of road games. Let me ask you this, because uh, Will Arrow brings it up. It's interesting. He says, Boston, a regular season team. Your take on that, you feel they're going to actually show up in the playoffs. Do you, do you think that's kind of a label that's kind of been stuck on them as far as they're always great in the regular season, then they get to the playoffs and they, they figure out a way to stub their toe? To be honest with you, I think you could call the the LaFleur Packers that, and to a degree, the McCarthy Packers that, where, yeah, 12, 13 wins every year, can't figure it out. The Peyton Manning Colts. Uh, for all those years, great teams uh, in the regular season can't figure out how to to get to a Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl. Uh, Manning winning one in Indy, obviously Rodgers won uh, in there in Green Bay. Uh, I I think there is such a thing to that. Now Boston has not gotten over the hump with this current group of Tatum and Brown. Uh, adding Drew Holiday, I don't know how much that does, but I I wonder. Well, I, I would assume at some point the pressure seems to mount for guys that have been doing so well every year in the regular season, Nathan, like Brown and Tatum going and then getting knocked out that as they get deeper in the playoffs, that pressure starts to mount internally. Like, Oh crap, let's not have it happen again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it for sure does. And I think, um, you know, it's part of the reason they made those trades is because it had happened several times in a row. And so they felt like they had to shake some, some things up a little bit. I mean, I don't, I don't consider them a regular season team in a sense that like, I'm not worried about them where it, you sometimes feel that way about Philly where you're like every single year Embiid is the same exact yep. thing. And so until they prove you wrong, you're just going to believe that. Whereas, I mean, again, Boston's gotten to the finals. They've gotten, you know, very close to the finals several other times. Like I still think they're a good playoff team, but do I think they can get over the hump? I don't know. I'm not going to, I'm not going to necessarily like, I mean, they can, but am I going to pick that? I'm not sure. Um, I think that there's definitely some, you know, concerns with them with how, the, you know, their offense a little bit sometimes can just be them chucking threes too much, which we kind of saw with the the early Bud era um, Bucks, where they kind of get too caught up in that. And that doesn't always win you the playoff in the playoffs is, you know, just just shooting threes all the time. And we've seen Boston do that now several years in a row where it just feels like they take it. They settle for a lot of threes and their their game plan is just to shoot a lot of threes that doesn't always work. You know, that if you get hot, obviously you can beat anyone. You're going to look great. But um, if you, you go a little cold, it's like all of a sudden you can be down, you know, two Oh, when a series and everything changes. And I think that their late game offense stuff isn't always great. They don't always get great looks. 
Um, they get a little stagnant, settle for jumpers. So again, there's there's still things that make me question that about them. But I do think, I mean, as of right now, they're the best team. And um, so yeah, but I, I'm I'm not gonna uh, like pencil them in right away as they're going to the finals. Right it's now. funny you bring up uh, Boston and uh, early era Bud. Remember who's on that coaching staff now? They hired Charles Lee, who was this hotshot young assistant head coach for our assistant coach for the Bucks that everybody thought was going to get a head coaching job. Bud gets let go. Charles Lee gets hired by the Celtics to go help the Boston Celtics. So there is definitely some Bud coaching uh, going on over there with Charles Lee on that coaching staff to the whole let it fly era like it was in Milwaukee uh, for sure back in the day. All right, the Portland Trailblazers coming up next, Mr. Marzian. Uh, what are you expecting Wednesday night? We'll next record on Thursday, but what are you expecting Wednesday night? Are we expecting Doc to pretty much let Dame take 40 shots in this game uh, and go off uh, in his return to Portland? Or, or how do we think this one plays out? They better not lose. That's all I'm going to say. They better not lose that damn game. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm i not sure it's going to be a just feed game, feed Dame type of night. But, um, you know, I, again, I, I don't care how it happens. I just want to see them you know, stay locked in defensively a little bit. And if Portland happens to make shots or if you happen to be ice cold and the game's closer, it's kind of like those Detroit games where I'm like, I want to be, I'm going to be noticing how does the defense look? How active do the guys look? What are the shots that they're getting like, rather than just what's the score. Um, But this is going to be a different atmosphere. There's going to be juice in that Portland crowd. If this thing is close late, I mean, Denver was uh, Detroit was kind of in it, but it's not your legendary guy returning home for the other team. Now, uh, the guy who said, yeah, I, I want to be traded. Like there is going to be some juice in this game of, you know, if this thing is close to beat him with all these young kids that he didn't want to play with, there's going to be some juice in this game. There, there's going to be a great atmosphere if it's close late or if they're up late. Yeah, there will be. Um, again, though, I mean, I, sometimes it's like, I'm not going to be, I'm, will I be mad if the game is close late, because again, either, either we're missing a ton of open shots or they're hitting a bunch of tough shots. Like I can't be too mad at that because again, that's just, that's a process versus results type of thing. So I'm not, I'm not too concerned about the, what the score is going to be, but again, I want to see the offense look better than it did tonight. And I want to see the defense look like it did tonight where they are pretty active. I feel like they did a good job. Um, even some of those Murray shots, like I thought they were contested and, um, you know, he's a really good player, obviously, so he's still going to get his. But I just – I mean, I want to I want to see how the defense looks, and I want to see if they can, you know, get those top three guys into rhythm again like they usually have been able to. Again, I, I expect them to. I don't expect this to be something that continues. I thought Denver did a really good job tonight. But, um, you know, just seeing if they can get – ideally, Dame and Chris are the two guys that need more shots, and they need to – and also them, you know, taking care of the ball a little bit better. But, again, I think that was – just as much the the Denver defense as it was them being careless. So I expect those things to, to be a little bit better. I expect um, Chris to have more than 10 shots, Dame to have more than 12 shots, whatever he had. So I think those things will be better. And I don't expect the bench to be much better. Like, again, that's why that's something, yes, I am concerned about because I don't expect, I don't, I don't anticipate that getting better. I don't see how that gets better. Whereas again, Dame and Chris shooting a little bit more, like I expect that to happen. If Dame doesn't have a big night, I will be absolutely devastated. Like if he scores twenty-two and that's all he gets, I'll be floored. I will. I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm expecting forty 
from Dame. That's what hey. I'm thinking. 40 from Dame. He's going to go off and be the best shooting night he's had all year for the Bucks. He's going to be in a rhythm. Um, and by the end of this thing, if it's a blowout, they'll start cheering for Dame every time he hits a shot and just completely abandon their own team. That's how I could see it go. Because that, if you follow social media, they are still rooting for Lillard. And I saw somebody tweet out that Lillard, you know, becomes an all-star starter and everybody's all pissed off that it was, wasn't Brunson for the Knicks, yada, yada, yada. And somebody pointed out, Lillard could never become an all-star starter when he just had Portland. It took the Portland fan base and the Milwaukee fan base both voting for him this year in order to make him an all-star starter. I started chuckling and laughing and thinking, yeah, that's that's probably a pretty good point. I mean, they still love that dude. I mean, and that dude did a lot in the community, um, was beloved by everybody there. Like, I've been on Sports Talk Radio there, I don't know, 20, 30 times probably over the last 10 years. Um, they love that man to death still. Even now, even though he's a Milwaukee Buck and are still rooting for him to, you know, get a championship before uh, it's all said and done. So that'll be a fun game Wednesday night. We'll be back uh, on Thursday. Don't forget, you can download Green and Growing Tuesday and Friday mornings. Tell your friends, tell your family members. Uh, follow Nathan on Twitter at Nathan Marzian. Follow me at Sparky Radio. Enjoy the rest of your day. Have a good one. Toodles. Toodles.